All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Any long that get, and shout out to Red Light Crew. Hey, you're one of 12 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. Yeah, you know what the... To find that uh, uh, better, um, I think the key there is. Uh, cat, cat, cat. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> that intro never gets old. Nation Real Life, episode 142, coming to you a little bit late here on a Monday night, and that's for a special reason. Bag milk to my right, Jay across the table from me, Wanye here as always, and the Twitter legend, the man himself. Usually he's hitting me with sarcastic replies on Twitter, and now he'll have to do it to my face. I am Bikes. Ryan, how's it going, man? I'm a little terrified right now. How are you? You should be terrified. <laughs> I'm absolutely fantastic. Excited to have you on. As far as, like, diehard Oilers fans on Twitter go, I think we can agree that, like, I am Bikes is, like, icon status. If you could retire Twitter accounts to the Raptors at Rogers, I'm pretty sure his would be retired. It's One a- of the most entertaining ones. No, Very entertaining. Very entertaining. I don't know, man. Like, there's been many nights when the Oilers have been getting shelled, and you and I are going back and forth, and it's been one of the highlights of so many horrible nights. It's the only thing that keeps me sane these days. But it's, it's just, yeah, the humor thing is just, it's got me through the last decade. So if it wasn't for that, I would have gone nuts by now. I think that's the case for most of us. Yeah. It's all we got. I think that Oilers fans having each other online is truthfully the only thing that's gotten us through. Like, if it wasn't for, for me personally, if it wasn't for Twitter... Even being working at Oilers Nation every day, I would have been way less engaged. Oh, when yeah. they're down five two, I'm like, I'm just gonna stick around and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something, well, say something funny. There's been so many nights watching the games where Twitter is the best part of the game. Yeah, 
like as an example, a few years ago, two, three, four years ago, whenever the Oilers released the "Here Comes the Oilers" hashtag, which oh, was basically oh. a gift for all of us Death assholes. Kiss, yeah, spend more time looking at gifs than actually watching the game. Exactly, man. Yeah. Like, anything like anybody falling down the stairs add that hashtag in and everybody's in the mix it's the best well they just teed that one up for us too like that's the easiest hashtag to to do something with um we're doing this at night and we actually have some breaking news on the podcast but it's not oilers breaking oh damn Um, i know i teased you a little bit too hard but a trade in the nhl um the blackhawks have acquired calvin dehan from carolina and alexi sorelli from the hurricanes in exchange for goalie anton forsberg and defenseman gustav forsling um, out of those four names, do you all are you all aware of those four players? I've heard of one of them. Uh, I've heard of Forsling and uh, Calvin DeHaan is the only Calvin one. Calvin DeHaan. Oh, Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, like Calvin DeHaan's a big name in this one. But yeah, well, he was he was a high draft pick, wasn't he? He was, and then he was uh, an Islander for a while. Yeah, he was a fourth overall pick. Yeah, the Islanders always get good defensemen when they choose fourth overall. Shout out um, to Big Cat. Yeah, shout out to Griffin Reinhardt. But yeah. the Blackhawks doing their little off-season retool, really ramping it up. So maybe some implications in the Western Conference if they're a team that looks to be trying to go for it once again. But anyways, thought I'd pass that along as it comes across my phone. I mean, you tell us if that matters. I have no idea. I knew everybody in that trade. Anton Lander got traded for Peter Forsberg. That's right. Wow. Unbelievable. 2019. Yeah. Somehow Calvin Klein was in the mix. Unbelievable. Forsberg still has value. Oh, God. I love Peter Forsberg. No, but his foot's okay by now. Probably about right now. It's totally fused. Yeah. It's a, it's a club foot now. It was strange <laughs> watching the draft this week because I remember someone telling me at one point when I was younger, like, okay, here's the stages of getting older. First, you'll see athletes are your age. Then you'll see teachers are your age. Then you'll see cops are your age. Then you'll see people on the news are your age. And then you're old. And so I'm watching the draft. And that was a while ago that that happened. I'm watching the draft. And I'm like, who the hell are these little, like that little German fellow with his little bow tie that got picked fifth overall and grabbed his head in disbelief. That kid, if I saw him out in the streets, I would mug him. Give me that. Give me your pocket watch and your monocle, Point Dexter. I was Instead, think- he's getting called up by Stevie Y. I was thinking about Steve Eisman during that pick because I was at Steve Eisman's last game, which was game six, first round in 2006. Wow. And now he's the GM of his second team. And he's got the glasses that make his eyes look bigger. Yeah. That's what I think oh, about. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got everything, except he also has that. It well, looks kind of like bubbles. Because he's <laughs> in his 50s now, isn't he? Yeah, man, it's weird. I know, it just like, kind of escalates. And it's been 20 years since he... Since they did back to back there, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I was thinking that like watching the draft, like how they all look like children, yeah. And what was it? Was it Jack Hughes they showed wearing the Taylor Hall jersey as a child? Yeah, like oh, two years yeah, ago or something. Like, yeah, he was, he was like little kid, and you're, yeah, this is it's really amazing. upsetting. I, it made me feel really old. Well, now all these kids are like 2001, now going into 2002 draft year. Like it's this is getting weird. I, I remember the craziest thing was like when. Um, You'd always see, like, uh, when you go into bars, like, what the year is that the, is the legal birth year to drink. And you see, like, once it, like, got, like, in the late 90s, I was like, holy shit. Like, and then obviously, like, 2000s, now you see that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Even just, That's like, a guy like old. Crosby's 31 now. He's turning 32. Like, he's on the back nine. And that's weird because I was in like just out of high school when he got drafted. And I was like, oh, shit, Crosby's going to be the be-all, end-all of hockey. And now he's almost done. Yeah. As long as Char is still playing, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, he's the last one. Yeah, he's older than me. There's like, I th- yeah, there's a, there's a handful of players that are still my age or older. I think as soon as Matt Hendricks got traded from the Oilers, I think that was the last the last guy I was I was older than. Or I was, really? Yeah, or who was older than me, oh, sorry. Nice. Yeah. 
You know what? I don't care. Okay. I will. I will cheer my heart out for a nineteen-year-old kid. Every year, there's a new eighteen-year-old for us to crush on. Exactly. <laughs> it's the best news ever. Well, we, you see them abs? Yeah. Speaking oh, about oh, drafted oh, hotties, oh, holy cow! Boy, oh boy. It looks uh, good. I, I, was I, Clef Bomb like in his Swedish palace underground watching on a gold TV with his 30 pack being like, oh no, a challenger. He's been doing sit ups ever since. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. 50 Cent in the, in the club yeah. video. He's just. Yeah. He's doing a plan I don't right know now. What, <laughs> I don't know what it is about those Swedes, but they are good looking, ripped individuals. Some in their water. Yeah, they got the good stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm talking and about. it's like less sunlight or something or too much sunlight in the sun on one of the two. Did you think the Oilers were going to do more? I mean, we've been talking. We heard that there's going to be two deals on draft day if they could get their shit together. I was sort of underwhelmed by the entire thing. I'm I'm starting to think, um, and, and and we're guilty of it too. But like, all this hype gets created for the draft, right? Because it's like drafting, and and you're and the narrative gets out there. Like the GMs are talking more to each other than ever, and you hear, like, and then all the speculation and whatnot, and just you know, sure as shit. You go and watch the draft, and everyone just kind of stays in their lane with some minor, on day one with some minor trades. They don't uh, pull a Shirelli and trade, uh, you know, two very high picks for a pile of shit. <laughs> I mean, even last week on this podcast, we were talking about things that we thought were going to happen, and none of us were close because nothing happened. Yeah, like I was expecting a Chris Russell trade. I was expecting, mm-hmm. on top of that, probably a yes, a Puyarvi trade. Like there was so much that I really wanted to happen. And I kind of look like a dumbass because, like, on these podcasts, I was going to my hot takes. I'm like, oh, Russell, gone. Lucic swapped for Erickson, done. And, like, even Sunday came and, like, the Marlowe trade happened. And I was like, okay, like, I'm believing a little bit here. And then the Subban trade happened. It's like, all right, like, insanity will now ensue. And then, again, it just went, like, completely quiet. Vancouver paid way too much for JT Miller. And then it was just, like, everyone flew home. It was, it was a dull draft weekend. I hate that Subban trade, by the way. Not because I don't like Subban. It's because... Ray Shiro appears to be some kind of witch that acquires a Norris Trophy winner and an MVP for Adam Larson, a bunch of plugs. Yeah, but look at the character of the two guys he drafted. Oh! <laughs> so obviously he's got an affinity for like Savage. me people uh, and doesn't care about team people. So I was good luck, Jack about, Hughes. Good luck, Jack Hughes. Have I don't fun. care about team people either. I care about fucking getting some wins, and those two are going to help New Jersey win. I was surprised how little Subban actually went for in the end. Cap space is so valuable yeah, now space, that they just oh, like high, have high to value. eat shit to get those out. Remember how cash used to be king? Now cap space is king. Oh, well, same shit. Nope. Well, then cap nope. space. <laughs> you can have an unlimited amount of cash, and you can only spend to the cap. Cap space trumps cash. Which all the GMs are pissed off at about now. Yeah, I, what were they crying about? What was that on the weekend? There was uh, five GMs. Uh, I'm just paraphrasing here, Tyler, unless you got mm-hmm. the tweet. Like Five GMs complained that the salary cap is ruining the NHL, whereas I would say, no, you dumb assholes that are giving Kevin Hayes $7.3 million, yeah. oh. you're ruining the NHL slash salary cap, whatever you want to look at it. GM's got to st- like, st- like stand their ground and not just like throw con Because that's what ultimately always leads to a fucking lockout is they have to keep resetting the rules yeah. and then they fucking fuck themselves over again and have to reset the rules to fix their mistakes. Like, don't give Kevin A $7 million and then all of a sudden you establish a better marketplace because now everyone's going to use that as a benchmark. And now there's a lot of people also waiting to see what happens with Marner. For, for to set the bar for what they resign for like lines and whatnot like they're they're their own worst enemy and then they're 
blaming someone else for their mistakes. Well, it's funny because I was talking to Dusty Nielsen on the weekend mm. before he was doing Inside the Nation, and he was talking about how their scouts at the draft talking about how Miko Koskinen's contract is ruining the goaltending market this year. So, at least we're throwing grenades at other teams as well. What else can you ha- well, be happy about? But we also fucked ourselves because we have to re- we have to sign another goalie. Oh, 100%. We don't need to sign anybody. We got that Koskinen kid who's doing Koskinen numbers but, without Koskinen money. But he needs a backup and we need an insurance policy. And he signed Actual for two Koskinen more years. Actual Koskinen or the, the new guy? New Koskinen signed for two more years in the KHL. Koskinen 2? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He signed for two more years in the KHL. Yeah. Doesn't North American law trump Russian law and they have to immediately release him? I assume so. Mm. North American law trumps all laws. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would have thought. Yeah, yeah sure. Lots of defect. The interesting part about that, though, is actually that he's from he's playing in Yaroslavl, which is the team MacT's taking over, and another Oilers draft pick is going to Yaroslavl and is under contract there. So there's a part of me that thinks this whole MacT going to Russia was just like <laughs> a super play by Ken Holland and Daryl Cates to be like, oh, we can't bring these guys to our AHL team. We're creating a Russian farm team. Yes, and that's let's go be with that. of Yaroslavl. I like it. Positivity. I'm going with it. I'm it's drinking the reverse. Mac T's like, I shall have my revenge on the Oilers organization <laughs> and torpedo everybody who comes through these doors. It's interesting, too, that the, just this past weekend, the Oilers drafted a bunch of huge units. Mm-hmm. Up until that seventh round kid that Tyler was just talking about, the little Russian kid. He's like 5'8 or something like that. All over six feet, like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, big boys. Yeah. Big, big boys. And their second round pick, like... Broberg obviously eighth overall high end like that's a guy fans are going to be excited for about but I think this Raphael Lavoie like I remember about a month before the draft there were rumblings that oh Montreal loves this guy at 15th overall he's just a big scoring winger he's already six foot four in the QMJHL playoffs he had like 20 goals in 23 games he shoots right like he just feels like that piece that in two years, I know I'm probably being optimistic because I really like the player. But it's in, Kool-Aid season, man. It, right. it absolutely is Kool-Aid season. Is it I October yet? Or <laughs> just sliding right up the depth chart in like two years and being like that top six scoring winger. Kind of like what Debrinkat's done in Chicago. Like he, Debrinkat fell for whatever reason because it was like, oh, well, he was scoring at the junior level because he had good line mates playing with McDavid, blah, 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 blah. And he came to the NHL, and I think there's something to be said that scoring goals is just scoring goals. Jay, well, speaking of which, Jay, are you upset about Caulfield going to Montreal? Yeah, yeah. I wanted I wanted the Oilers to draft Caulfield, but we'll, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I'll jump into your comment. I, 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 what, did they give us any reason why he slid? Because, like, if he's a high score, any big frame, because it's not size. 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four, like, what was the reasoning... Like the narrative of why he slid. Chatting with Corey Prodman today, some scouts were just worried that during the season there were times where he'd go like ten games without getting a goal, and he would look maybe like a little disinterested, and maybe like the effort level and commitment level off the ice wasn't quite there. But honestly, when you have a guy with that much skill, like clearly he can do it, and he has the size to do it as well. I think the NHL can almost be a motivator. Like, all right, you know what? I felt 20 spots in the draft, and I'm an NHLer now, though. Well, there's two things. He showed up for the playoffs. He did. Right? So that, that to me, speaks bounds. And if, 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 if playoffs is a motivation for him, I think maybe being under the spell of Connor McDavid can maybe smoke out some consistency. I have an article going up tomorrow about just kind of aggregating all the scouting reports about Lavoie. His highlight packs. This dude has hands. He can wheel. He can shoot. I don't know why he fell, but the idea of playing with Connor, man, that's got to motivate the kid because he's got a good chance to do it, and it's not going to take very long to get there. Well, that excites me. 
You know, piss me off was when they didn't draft Caulfield. I didn't get to go to Corey Hart. Uh, <laughs> we went to the draft party. Oh. Jay's there. I'm like, what's going on? And then Chalmers is there too. And he's like, I got tickets for us, boys. Everybody, we're going to Corey Hart. We're sitting in Loge. Yeah. I'm like, awesome. Jay's like, yeah, unless they Griffin Reinhardt me at the draft this year and destroy everything, at which yeah. point I'm not going to Corey Hart. Then they don't pick Caulfield, and you yell, no, and we don't get to go to Corey Hart. But then we gave the tickets, so we had the draft party. Uh at the Canadian Brew House, the Lewis Grand Prize, six Loge tickets to Corey and Hart. We, once, once they were drafted, <laughs> I was sour, and then obviously I was uh, part of the the Problem. domino effect of 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 not going. Man, and, I, uh, I ate a lot of shit on Twitter on Friday night. Oh, did you? yeah. <laughs> we gave up. We gave up the tickets as we announced. Like, okay, you have 15 minutes to take these tickets and go see Corey Hart. And the, the this table ran up and grabbed them, and they were fucking pumped. <laughs> Like I was so pumped. I wished I came to them with them to the party. Uh, I would have got to go see. I was. I had to be in a good mood to go to Corey Hart because Corey Hart. Alan threw a glass tiger. Took his shirt off, revealing his octogenarian nipples, and I didn't see anything. I saw Glass Tiger at Reds a little while ago. Oh, it is a heart and show. (laughs) I'm kidding. Although Corey Hart has plowed most of his money into looking like Corey Hart. What the hell? Why is Corey Hart doing an arena tour? God bless him. No, but we were reading to sell man, and Cardi B ain't going anywhere because she had a kid. Yeah, but <laughs> like <laughs> name, like 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 Gordon Lightfoot is a better chance selling out Rogers than than Corey Hart. If you go when you're coming into the game and you're going up the stairs into Ford Hall, if you look on the screens as to who's coming, you'd swear it was 1987. It's like Sticks, Anthrax, Corey Hart. The surviving half of Wham! Like, there's nobody good coming. Like, when Chalmers said he's like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the Corey Hart concert, but I'm going to come to the to the, to the the draft party before, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's because he's playing at the River Cree. Because that, to me, is a venue worthy of Corey Hart. Well, that's like... Not to shit on Corey Hart, but, like, I, I, anyone have any photos from the concert? Was, was, was there anyone there? I haven't seen any. Like, yeah, my sister last that. night went to Trooper and April Wine, and they were not playing at Rogers Place. Shout out to Corey Hart, man. If he can still sell move units like that, why not? Well, exactly. If, if, if he did, like, mad respect. All about trying to make a buck, but, like, what? I can't wait till like, 2065 when I'm going to, like, old people shows. I'm like, man, I wouldn't saw Gucci Mane. He looks <laughs> unbelievable. Like, still got like, it. Still got, still got the heat. Sounds the same. Just saw Young Turk. He just had his grill replaced again for the 30th time. It was, like, the last time I went and saw Molly Crew, and it was just, like, the crowd in there. I was like, oh, we have a bunch of hurting units out of here. Fantastic. I love it. All right, I'm going to steer this back to hockey for yeah, a second. Sorry, sorry. See, this is this, uh, we we told you, we warned you going into <laughs> well, the show that we were going to go off the rails entirely. <laughs> so I apologize. Do you have a take on them going with Broberg at eight or anything that happened over the course of the draft, or are you just in like wait and see mode? I'm in wait and see because I've never seen any of these guys play. Anyway, I was yeah. joking about that online the other day. Like, I I've never seen a like a, a shift of any of these guys, but I you know I see a lot of people talking about it as if they know everything, and maybe they do. But <laughs> I'm just gonna I just just gonna like sit that one out because I have no idea, and I guess we'll wait and see. Because like how many times have have players been drafted, and you expect everything, and it turns out to be nothing, or vice versa. So I don't. For me, I just I don't know enough to say anything about it, so I just wait. I'm gonna end segment one on an incredibly reasonable take, because that's what that was. I no, was... I gotta jump in. Oh boy. I gotta jump in. Fuck me. <laughs> no, 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 I gotta jump in, and I'm sorry everyone, but the reason why I was upset and didn't go to Corey Hart is <laughs> all roads lead to Corey, Corey Hart, and maybe that's why he could sell out the arena. 
is we need scoring forwards. And sure, we got Lavoie in the second round, but like, why are we drafting a defenseman with our eighth pick? That's the only thing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm high on this guy because he's tall, good looking, washboard abs. You know, all the underwear are taken care of and clean in this city. Um, and I also like the fact that Victor Hedman did like a video welcome to the NHL thing, so it tells me it's some kind of connection of some variety. But why did we get drafted defenseman? I also wanted to go to Corey Hart. And I'll tell you that you picked the best defenseman because you picked the best player available at the spot. But he uh, wasn't. There was players ranked above him. I know. That's why I didn't get to see Glass Tiger. Yes. Live it. Ramchuk adds. Yeah, this podcast is impossible, obviously, without the fine folks at Jappa. So we're going to allow them to get a word in here. We'll be right back. Nation Real Life. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jappa Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jappa Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jappa Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. Welcome back to Nation Real Life, episode 142. Jay bagged milk. I am Bikes. Twitter legend in the house, Wanye as well. And the conversation we got into during our commercial break that I think we're going to pick up on now and continue a little bit is just, we, we were talking about the draft and the fact that the Oilers had the first with Yakubov. They had the fourth with Pulley RV. And those were just like blatant misses. Like you didn't even really get serviceable NHLers out of those picks. And I know you had takes on that one. Yeah. It's nice to split a microphone today. It's good, Ramchek. It's nice. I, I do have takes. Like, I think it's ridiculous. I think that here we are. We've blown a first pick overall and a fourth pick overall. And both guys, although different players, have a similar psychological profile. They're from remote areas, way the hell and gone in the middle of nowhere. And they're going to require more hand-holding than the average bear to get them to be productive. Right. And I wrote an article for the first time in 50 years about this this year talking about like culture. Right. And, you know, millennials need to be dealt with a different way than every generation before them, like every new generation does. But if you're the Oilers and you're sitting there and you've got Pooley on deck and you know that you've botched Yakupov even by this point and you've got Kachuk, who's going to have no culture shock who's going to have no problems fitting in. He was raised in an NHL training room, for God's sakes. He can go into a team and start to implement his own culture on the team. Who the hell makes the call? And then follows it up with the, like, Pooley was not treated very well at his time here. He was given very little support. He's all by himself. He didn't bring his mom and his sister over like Yakupov did. And sure, that's on him. But, like, if you're going to pick a guy and you know this guy is going to be, you know, maybe a little bit tender. He just had bloody double hip surgery or whatever the heck he was taking the, the exercise bike. Like, it just seems to me that it's another very poorly managed high draft pick in a team that's ostensibly been rebuilding and should be making sure that all these guys are getting every chance in the world to succeed. The thing about both of those guys is that unless you've been to a country where you do not speak the language at all or very poorly you don't really understand how hard that is and how isolating it is. And for a guy like Pugliarvi who didn't speak English very well, well, Laddie, Laddie Shmeen talked about it, how important it was to learn English for him, to fit in the room. He needed to do it. I don't know how dedicated to that Pugliarvi was or not. I have no idea. But like, the Oilers surely could have done a better job helping this kid along. 
could he have not lived with somebody not by himself where he doesn't even know the fucking city? Like he doesn't know the lay of the land. He doesn't know anything. Ideally, I mean, in hindsight, you throw him back in Finland for another year, plays in the AHL for two years before making the jump to the NHL, but that's not what they did. They crowbarred him into the lineup as the Oilers always do. Lost his confidence, and he's never been able to get it back. When, when he got sent down to the A, my boy drove him to the airport. Yeah, I know. Like, what were like, you bananas, doing man. driving him to the airport? And he's like, well, I don't know. It was either that or take an Uber. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. How did they not have a car for the kid? I th- So I think Yakupov is different than Puliarvi because I think Yakupov is really special in the sense of we've heard stories of him. Yes, but I think if you're an organization... And you, it, that wasn't a surprise. It wasn't like they thought they ordered up a guy named Phil Johnson from, you know, Moose Jaw. They yeah. knew he was going to be an interesting why guy. Why draft him? Why draft him? That's, that's Why not I... look at it and be like, like, I do agree with you. They're different yeah. types of people, but they're similar in that they're kind of like, if you did a bell curve of everybody's profiles on the NHL, there's a bit of an outlier there, right? Yeah. And if you're completely ill-equipped to deal with that, don't draft Pooley Arvey. Yeah. Just be like, oh, you know what? That's another guy from a country that's going to have a tough time fitting in. We just screwed Yakupov's life up and threw him out in the history heap of history. Ash heap of history. That's the one I'm looking for. Maybe we'll just pass on that guy and go with Kachuk. Yeah. Like, or do what you can to make him feel comfortable knowing that. Help him. Well, I, I'm I'm told that the Oilers actually did provide like English t- an English teacher and tried to make some kind of effort. I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with. I love Pooley Arvey. I love the idea of Pooley Arvey. Um, big smile, all of it. Yeah, big smile, all of it. But just like Laddie said, he, he, it's on the player also to make an effort. Yes. Um, the other thing also in that draft, you know, he was supposed to go third and a Finn GM didn't draft him, right? So that to me is pretty huge because this guy should have a solid understanding of Finnish hockey players. Uh, so that to me is kind of a strike against Oilers should have probably just stayed with their plan, which was who were they going to, were they going to take Kachuk? It was, it was supposed to be Sergachev. Yeah. Sergachev. Well, Sergachev would have worked out great. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 why do you draft the player again? Cause like it, 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 they just fell on their lap and they jumped on him cause they got excited with probably, I don't know, not have doing enough due diligence on it or maybe, I don't know. Well, I think maybe what may have happened, I'm just trying to think of like, not an excuse, but a reason why, is maybe they thought there was no chance they were getting Yesopul Yeah. So they just, like you said, they didn't do their due diligence because they were like, all right, well, it's going to go Matthews, Lion A, Puglia-Yarvi. Um, like for at the beginning of the year, there was even talk like Puglia Yarvi was right up there with Patrick Line and Austin Matthews, and then it got separated yeah. towards the end of the year. But there's a chance maybe the Oilers just said, "Well, we're not getting him. Let's look hard into Sergachev." There was talk Frank Saravalli reported of that massive trade that they were going to make with Calgary that involved all those pieces and the fourth down to eighth and the second round pick as well and Michael Backlund. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah. Um. So maybe yeah, they just got a little bit too overexcited and they should have stuck to their guns, but. At the end of the day, that's kind of in hindsight right now. Oh, of like, course, of course. You, like you pick the player, and I still think there was more to be squeezed out of Puglia Yarvi than oh, what yeah. they did. And I agree, though. Like there is onus on the player to. I don't think he really adapted all that well to what they needed him to be to some extent. I know that might not make a ton of sense, but he should have been working on his shot, yeah. thinking I'm not going to be an NHL driver. I need to just be a really, really high end finisher, someone who can be trusted to play with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid. And he never, I don't, I'm not sure if he ever really fully grasped that concept. Well, the Oilers should have known that like, 
you know, give them nine or ten games because obviously the rules are different with uh, a Euro player than a CHL player. Um, so give them nine or ten games, and they should be able to know that they've got to let this kid go and marinate and build some confidence and work on his pro game, uh, and just have him go back to Finland or have him like have him go to the H. I, they they definitely mismanaged the asset. But then, you know, just take it a step further. Like, why did we draft that asset? But um, but even on the different angle, though, they were going to do the same thing with Bouchard last year until Todd McClellan refused to play him yeah. beyond the seven games he got. Yeah. Rashad brought it up the other day. I think that, uh, I mean, this, he, and he said this is just his own speculation, but the fact that he might not have really fit into that room all that well, and nothing has been reported, but he said, you know, it could be an issue of him just not, it, as simple as that, just not fitting in. But you've got to make the effort. Well, and that's where it falls on the yeah. player too, right? Yeah. Like he needs to step up and, and do the off-ice stuff and, and the English and all that stuff that we've heard about. But yeah, that's just where, you know, maybe it's a little bit of column A and column B, but we also haven't really heard from him yet specifically. We're hearing everything through this agent. So I'd be interested to hear exactly what he has to say. I don't think he wants to go public and say anything, though. Probably but yeah, I'd be interested to know what he thinks. Like, obviously, it's evident he wants a fresh start. And I think, to me, that's the, the timing of it's out. very strange, though. Yeah. With, the, like, all the changes to the Oilers. Like, you would think... Like, I would understand it if there was no management changes this year at all. I would at least kind of understand. When I came to Edmonton, I didn't speak English either. <laughs> You've done an amazing <laughs> I was born, job. That mind you, but it was hard, right? And, and maybe he just doesn't... I, I thought that, too. I'm like... Wouldn't Holland have called him and been like, look, give us another year. If you don't like it, we'll trade to the end of the it year. It seems like a fresh slate to me. Yeah. And he's, and he's doing this now. It just so it maybe, seems strange. Maybe Pooley-Arvey's lost the room. Because like going back to Lottie Smeet, it was like, like whatever it took, he wanted to integrate in with the room. Yes. Right? Like it was like that was his mission. He, he didn't, to go to couldn't speak a lick English. He's watching English movies with subtitles to learn how to speak English. He's thankfully got a Czech player on the team when he was sent down to Portland there. To, to be able to learn a little bit from and you know he made it was it was it was his mission remember last year was a connor chirped him in i remember him interviewing him they're talking about pooley Arby being sent down he's like well you're gonna have to learn english if you're gonna be up here and that's on him remember like i remember yeah. watching him be like holy shit that's one of the first times i've ever seen connor like check a guy in the room maybe he did lose the room yeah so i wish i wish him all the best but obviously i think i one of two things they're gonna trade him or what I think they should do is they sh- they they they, sh- they unless there's a, a very good trade for the organization on the table, I think you just force him to keep trying to prove us wrong. Um, what what do you get game. for him at this point, Tyler? Take us through what they're going to get for Jesse Puliyarvi. Well, I mean, Stoffer was talking on his show about potentially the return if they deal him to Carolina is Julian freaking Gauthier. Like Tell us about guy- him. He's Tyler Benson's age. He's 21 years old, and he's like a 40-point-a-season guy in the American Hockey League. Like, I'm sorry, but that guy's not going to be an NHLer at any time soon. I refuse to believe that you can't get a little bit more for Yesapoyarvi than Julian Gauthier. But at the same time, the whole him going to Europe for a season, quite frankly, scares the living hell out of me. Why is that? I'd be worried that he goes over there, and what if he doesn't excel? Or what if he goes over there and he's average? And then you're asked, you've gone from maybe being able to get a bottom six winger for him to a year from now it's, well, now he's worth nothing. Like, in my opinion, a year from now, even if he goes over to Finland or to the KHL and lights the world on fire and is like a point-of-game guy, 
does that really increase his value at all? I would or will think so. he, or No, would, it has he, to. No, see, and I don't think it would because I still think teams would look at him and be like, no, now he needs to come over and readjust. Yeah, we've seen him do it in Russia. You saw him do it in the in overseas before his draft year against men. He was successful. So I'd be worried that at that point, teams will just go, no, it's now an asset that we need to reestablish into the NHL game. I, I just think right now you really need to just try get as much as you can for him this summer or convince him that staying in Edmonton for one more year is the right play for everyone involved. I don't think going to Europe, I, I would need to look back at like the history of the league, but can you name me a time where a player has gone to Europe and all of a sudden their trade value is that much more? Koskinen left NHL and went to Europe and came back. That worked out well, right? Well, it worked out well for him because he was a free agent. Like if the Islanders <laughs> had to trade his rights, I don't think they were getting Didn't Gio go to the KHL? But he came right back and stayed with the Flames. And I mean, that like, is... My take on it would be I don't want Ken Holland to bow to people no, no. that ask for trades just because they're unhappy. Got to Steve Eisenman in this kid. And if Pooley has any fucking sack, now I'm going to question his character, mm-hmm. is he reports and he goes to the A. He can't. He has to go through waivers. So you can't, Does he? You can't, yeah, he has he's to go through waivers. no now. longer waiver. Let's fuck this up real oh, good. Yeah, like it's shit. fucked. So what happens if he does come back? Like he has to play in the NHL. Accepted into the room, it's going to be even oh. worse now. Like trade that, him exactly. That's trade why him. I say you just need to get rid of him at yeah, this point. Sorry, like, he can't not fully aware NHL. of the situation. Trade him. Trade him, and hopefully Uncle Ken can. Uh... Don't you have a Pooley jersey? No, I've so got a. I. I don't. Whoa, I don't. I do not. I have a Pooley inspired shirt that we made. That has now been. Oh, that's what it was. I mistook an Oilers jersey for a T-shirt we made. Relegated now to my gym shirt. You mean this guy? Ah, that I'm guy wearing it right now. It. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, that guy's now my gym shirt that I sweat in all the time because I don't give a fuck about the shirt. I just, I get your point, Tyler. That you got to get something for him. I just hate the idea of a kid bullying his way into mm. what he wants. Yeah, I demanding a that. trade is so lazy. It's Put not work, you. It's man. me. I mean, it's it's you, not me. Put in the work, come here, bust your ass for 40 games. Let's talk about it at Christmas. Like, that has to be an option. I, I agree with you too, but maybe they do need to call the bluff. Because, I mean, I talked to someone who talked to Yessa who said that he doesn't want to go play overseas. Like, maybe it is just a big bluff by the agent to hold, no, we're going to go to Europe. So you're well, kind. I don't know. Maybe his agent's fucking going scorched. I, I, he yeah. is. Well, no, like, I, what team's going to want to deal with that now too? Like, he's already kind of established this. You know, we're going to have to watch this kid, so he goes somewhere else. Like now, they're going to be aware of this. It could be an issue there too. I remember one time Kobe wanted to trade from the Lakers, and Jerry Buss is just like, no. He was playing with Shaq. It's like Kobe wants a trade. Owner's like, no. They're like, oh, well, Kobe finishes his career Laker. Why do we have to bow down to anybody? That's what I'm saying. That's the only. That's the thing that bothers me the most about this, because then it just sets a precedent that maybe you can bully your way into what you want, even if you haven't earned that. This is a really big sort of first hurdle for Ken Holland, but at the same time, if there was a GM in the league who you'd want to kind of handle this situation, I think we can all agree that Ken Holland is on the short list of guys who you'd want to yeah. be dealing with this. Him or Iserman, Well, he even said it too. He was just like, to paraphrase, he's just like, I've seen this before. I'm going to see it again. I'd take Peter Chiarelli any day. In this situation, he's so astute <laughs> and he's thinking 12 steps ahead. Right? Harvard man. Oh, Harvard man to this bones. Right heart will pay off. One day. You'll Shirelli see. would offer Puglia Yarby like a six by six deal and be like, we're going all in on the kid. <laughs> he's a sexy player. 
Remember that time he was eating pizza bag milk? Oh, God bless. God, was that a good, good kid. The weird thing, though, is that GIF is going to be the highlight of his time here. Well, the cool shirt. Yeah, what was cool also shirt. sad about that shirt is he bought the last one, which <laughs> I thought was just... Oh, boy. Yeah. Is that an actual story? So that Puglia RV pizza shirt, there was limited supply left, and he snagged it. How, can, how do you confirm that? Just like you see his name on the order we form? Know, we know the guy who sold it to him. Yeah, my, he got it through a buddy of ours who's boys with him. And he, <laughs> he bought a bunch of them before for people back in Finland. It was like, do you have any more of those shirts? Yes, we have one more left. Give it to me. That's a great story. <laughs> ah, this is what tears me apart so much when we're talking about him. Because like the hockey optics of everything that's happened leads me to be like, oh, this spoiled kid just like can't wrap his head around going to work and having to change who he is as a player and working his ass off. And then like you hear stories like that. You hear the interviews with him with Gene Principe. Whenever he scores, like that big smile on his face, like you want to love him so bad and you want him to be here and succeed so bad. I can see Bikes is nodding his head like... Oh, every time he's on, everyone loves it. His interviews are the best. Every time he scores, it's great. He's got the pizza gif. But he didn't shoot a puck. Couple a couple uh, times per game, you see him licking his eyelids. <laughs> licking the eyes of the guy next to him on the bench. Remember when he went to the ODR? Remember that? See, and that's the key. Like, this I, I love that He was stuff. prepared to love him. Yeah. He was doing the right things. It's just... So when was that? That was Christmas two seasons ago. Uh, was yeah. it last or year? The all-star, right? Was the All Star break? All Star break. All Star break. Everybody break left or... town. He stayed in town. I went to the outdoor rink with Buddy R's like two or three times. When he jumped in that random guy's truck for a ride, demanded home. a ride home and shit. Yeah, the Army boys. I love that. Okay, so those stories, like I'm gonna be a little bit of a cynic on those. Like on the surface, they're like, oh, feel good stories. Like Christmas time, he went to the outdoor rink and was shooting pucks with those twelve year olds, and like, oh, hopping in a car for a ride. That, to me, speaks to how terribly the organization handled him. You let this kid sit at home alone over the holidays well, and not be like, hey, <laughs> can some veteran take the fucking kid for dinner? Or He's, you, he's literally on the side of the road looking for a ride. Like, come on. You couldn't be like, hey, equipment guy, fucking drive our fourth overall pick to the airport. You're 100% please. right. Well, this goes back to maybe he lost the room because like, yeah. during those t- extended times and there's breaks... These guys are going to Cabo. These guys are going on, you know, team like on on trips. Yeah, and he's jumping in strangers' pickup trucks. Listen, and you might be a cynic, your check and say that like off ice stories have no bearing on someone's delivering on the ice. But I think we can agree the years Gilbert Brule drove Bono home. Oh, mm-hmm. that was the year we signed him to an eight-year deal, and he <laughs> delivered. Mm-hmm. Worth it. If I don't want. I think know he... that story. Oh, jeez. Oh, come on, man. Really. Bono told her that what at the concert. What year did it happen in? 2011, I think. 2011, yeah. because yeah. Bono was here for, old, for, yeah. for, the, for that concert, and he, he's on stage, and he's, like, talking about, he goes, Gilbert Brule, and the whole crowd went silent. Like, what? And he told this amazing story of how, was it, he got caught in the rain. What's, it's something about He was walking, Bono was walking down the road. In Vancouver, right? In Vancouver, yeah. and got caught in a rainstorm. The guy was driving by in a car and pulled over and picked him up, and the guy pulling him over was Gilbert Brule. Yeah. Of all the all you the names all to drop at a U2 concert, he picks Brulee. Yeah, like expecting everyone to be like, yeah! And everyone's like, mm. <laughs> He did okay with Columbus, but that spiral fracture really took him down a peg. This is straight up the first I've ever heard of this story. Oh, wow. oh yeah. It was amazing. That's oh, the greatest. We've got it. Uh, I missed the rest of the concert trying to figure out how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was going, great concert, but 
Gilbert Brule? That summer, Jonathan Willis and I had decided to, we got together and wrote a three-part story on Gilbert Brule because we were so convinced that he was going to like rehab and be amazing. We wrote the three-part thing, and then like two weeks later, that happened, and I texted Willis and was like, should we do a part four? And he's like, nope, I think they've had enough for one summer. <laughs> okay. I like to bring that up with Willis every now and then. The three-parter? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you got good it. content. Absolutely it is. There's That's another good. There's another clothing story about Yakupov, so this is kind of in the same vein. He was here at Little Brick on the patio sitting by himself. Space pants. And it was like, and it, it, this is in season. This is the season he got traded, so this is like in October, and he's sitting on the patio by himself, and just went out and chatted to him. We gave him a hat, and he worked for the rest of the day. That's and he had that dope sweater. He was wearing pants space pants. Yeah, he was wearing space pants. God almighty. I remember you being like, Neil Yakupov is on the patio, and he's wearing space pants. I'm like, well, this is why I come to work. Yeah. Speaking of fresh threads. You never see that at home. Speaking of fresh threads, Wanye, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our friends at Indochino.com. Ryan, do you know about Indochino? I do now. Absolutely, you do. They make, arguably, the finest suits money can buy. Jay, I saw you the weekend. You look great. buddy. It was, I finally got to break out the suit. How'd you feel? Oh, man, that thing fit like a dream. And I was, it's, it's weird, the power of a suit. Like you get it on, it fits good, and you walk, and you, it feels like you're walking good. And uh, yeah, I finally, I finally had an event that demanded a suit, and I took a photo of me in the suit in front of a helicopter. Do you feel a little uh, bounce in your step, a little swagger? Oh, like I, like I said, I felt like I was, I, I felt like it was my helicopter. Now, real talk, we've been to Thailand, and we were walking down the street. We saw everybody coming out trying to decide if we were Australian or Canadian to sell us a suit. Oh yeah, hey buddy, hey yeah. bro, where are you from? Australia? Yeah. Australia? Yeah. Is the quality like immeasurably better between those? Because I thought those are good suits. And I know people who've been to Asia, bought the made-to-measure suits. Remember the one hotel we stayed at? Yeah. Who'd bought a suit there? Was it Iserman? No, they claimed Joe Sackett. Oh, Joe Sackett. Yeah, but he had a photo with him. He's holding up a suit. Yeah, yeah, I know. We landed in Thailand. It was like, Joe Sackett bought a suit here. Random hotel on Koh San Road. I've been, I stayed at that hotel. With the Joe Sackett suit on the main floor? Yeah, you walked out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is it better than those suits? 100%. 100%. Like I said, like it, 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 I've had suits before. Um, and this one, like, it's, it, it, the, the fabric's good. But for me, it's all about the, the fit. I've never had like a properly fitted suit. And that to me just, it felt good because like you look, it just fits right. Everything fits right. So I was super pumped. I was, uh, finally had an event for it. Still waiting for a wedding invite because now I know the suit works. And I really felt the reinforcement for the, I, I told him like I like to blast my ass out on my pants because I dance a lot at weddings and I felt like I was reinforced. What you need to do is you need to head down to Indochino. Get yourself measured up. They have stores everywhere. Get measured up. Choose your style. Customize your suit. You want a flossy inside? You go ahead and get a flossy inside. You want hope will never die on the inside of your jacket like Jay got? You throw that in there. Within two to three weeks, you will have a wrinkle-free suit delivered to your house right out of the box. And you too could have a power suit just like Jay. Head on over to Indochino.com and get yourself started. Where is one location I could go to? Like, do we have a list of them? I need a new suit. I went to a wedding on Saturday and I'm still rocking the same suit from that I got like three years ago. And I was like, all right, I think it's time for an update. So I need to go pay Indochino a visit. Where is... Well, my friend, you head on down to West Edmonton Mall. There you go. <laughs> West Edmonton Mall, our greatest mall. You can get yourself measured up at the showroom. They will take care of you, just like they took care of Jay and Chris, the former intern that took his suit and ran. 
Yeah, that was a greasy move. But I ended up with his <laughs> laptop, so I can't hate on Chris too much. Yeah, we gave him an Indochino suit. He took it to a job interview and got a new job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why we never should have given him anything nice. Never. Never. That was a mistake. Classic mistake. So uh, one of the things that I want to talk about, and I think this is the right crowd to talk about it with, is I'm people are explaining wrestling to me. Vic. So we bought a wrestling website, allwrestling.com, two summers ago. It's big in the States. And we've, over the course of a couple of years here, been slowly getting our heads wrapped around what we're doing and we're working on... You know, we've relaunched the site, and now we're going to get a bunch, bunch more content for it and stuff like that. As a, you're a wrestling fan, yes, but you're like a weird wrestling fan because you're like Rain Man for like four years of wrestling, yeah. and then yeah. yeah, the current product has kind of lost me. But I like the the old stuff from when I was a kid, and even just from a few years ago. But yeah, currently it's. So do you currently in in 2019 sit and watch wrestling? I will watch the I'll watch like the pay-per-views and things, but Raw and SmackDown not even close anymore. So what's missing? What what's it's, changed? Well, personalities? It's everything. It's like I think someone someone had a good quote online recently. It was we know it's fake, quit reminding us. Oh. And by that it means like all these bullshit backstage segments and poor delivery of lines. It's just it's they're not actors. Quit trying to make them act. And it's just, some of it's just so, so cringeworthy. And there's very little wrestling in the shows anymore. So it's, it's very, uh, I don't know. They've gone the pure Hollywood route. But I don't know. I still, I still like the big events though, but not the weekly shows. I when was wrestling shows. peak for you? For me, um, probably the end of the Attitude Era. I don't know what that means. So about 20 years ago in Austin. and 20 Rock. years ago. Yeah. And then it's kind of been a steady decline since. It's It was still good in the early 2000s, but now, yeah. And it was Stone Cold versus The Rock in those, those days? Those guys, They were yeah. driving pickup trucks into the oh, room yeah. and cracking beers. And yeah. you were just... Like, Everyone was watching back then. It was like, I could actually wear a Stone Cold hat to school and not get beaten up for it. <laughs> yeah, but you try that now and yeah, no one... I, I think well, you can't go to is, school now. You're much too old. That's true. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so you would get... That you, would explain you, all those uh, weird looks yeah, I get. You wheel into a school down a Stone Cold 316 shirt. They're like, mm, nope, <laughs> not today. Aren't you supposed to not be within 100 feet of this <laughs> yeah. place? Well, that's what that one pushy judge said, but I'm still appealing, yes. So wrestling's gone MTV. Pretty much. Huh. I'm actually excited because we're throwing our first wrestling event this summer. See, now the pay-per-views are good. SummerSlam, WrestleMania, those are good. But the weekly shows to get to that point. Mm. But I do like the big events, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And this is just WWE. Do you like any other level of wrestling? Yes, actually, um, AEW's come out now, which is Cody Rhodes' promotion. And they had a big show about three weeks ago. And they're getting a lot of ex-WWE guys that are... It's very similar to the Oilers situation. People want out of WWE and they go over there. What does AEW stand for? All Elite Wrestling. All Elite. So if you... Yeah, about three weeks ago, I guess. There's and a it's ton on of A&E, ex. the channel? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Right after biography. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but also the local promotion, PWA, is pretty good, too. Yeah, we love PWA. We just sent Nation Dan out there the other day to watch a match, and he had a really good time. He I said it rekindled his love of Yeah, I was following him on, on uh, his tweets there, and he's the local guy, Michael Richard Blaze. He's he's probably going to be quite a star. He's a hell of a wrestler, and if you haven't seen it on Twitter, he, him and Teddy Hart did quite a spot off the top of the ladder. Is that when they got off a ladder at the end there? Through a table and another ladder. And, oh, that was from that event? Yeah. I saw that, and that's bananas. It's all over. Like it's It really blew up in the on the wrestling scene so i've never been big into wrestling like you mentioned that your decline of wrestling came 20 years ago like 
I was never alive for the good parts of like the WWE. When you say he's gonna be a star, yeah, I like I like milking that a little bit. When you say like this guy's gonna be a star, he's a hell of a wrestler. What like what's the criteria you're looking for when you're watching someone that makes you like, oh, they're great. I love them. It's not even really what they do in the ring. It's just kind of the way they handle themselves. They walk to the ring. You just if you go to a show and Blaze is there, you can see. It's it's like watching a, a top prospect. You can kind of just see this guy this much higher than everyone else. It's like an aura almost. There's like just something about it, it yeah. Magnified. And you just you can't really put your finger on it, but there's something that you look, you go, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And it's it seems like it's just a matter of time before he he gets signed to to one of the big companies. So I couldn't believe it when I went to the PWA wrestling with UConn Jack, and we rolled in, and that's like going to the uh, British Museum with Prince William. Like, everybody was real excited to see UConn. But, like, somebody set out in the match. Like, there was tacks all over the deal. And then the guy did, like, a flip into, like, mouse traps. And we're, like, a, you know, two feet away from the ring because UConn's VIP. And, like, the guy's back is bleeding. Like, the the cliche, like, this is fake. Something very real was happening in, happening at PWA when I went there. Yeah, I think if you use that word in front of the wrestlers, they would not appreciate it too much because it's yeah it's predetermined it is what it is but they're annihilating themselves a lot of times well it's a show it's entertainment right like i i i grew up loving wrestling i've kind of lost that love but now i'm seeing all this content and and and, and footage on on instagram from these pwa events and i actually kind of i want to go to one i think i think it could be the thing that reignites love it's a lot of fun because they've it's stripped down right it's not glitz and glamour like WWE is pure show like the biggest like their production value is second to none like anything but when you go to an independent show it's just the wrestling and that's and that's what people want to watch that's why I that's why I get turned off for WWE it's just there's so much else going on that what's going on in the ring is kind of secondary if even that but you go to a show like that and it's it's the main thing and I think that's like Maybe like I, I'm an old school wrestle fan, wrestling fan. And I think it was more about the wrestling. Yeah, there was a little bit of sideshow and storyline going, a little bit here and there, but like it was about the actual wrestling. So I think I, I think that's why I, I gravitated towards that that style that they put on. So. Well, in AEW, the the new promotion, they've I think they're listening to that, and that's what their show seems to be more of is just pure wrestling. That's what drives me crazy when people are like, "Oh, it's fake. Why do you waste your time on that?" And it's like, man. People watch like fucking TV shows and movies and yeah. stuff. I like, put up with things are predetermined. Yeah. Entertainment. Game oh, of Thrones. Right? Yeah. Right? Like Game of Thrones. Well, that's like, a sport, though. The last season sucked ass. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it yeah, did. I mean, that's, a, that's a topic for another day. Sign a petition. Yeah, I really don't care. Um, <laughs> were you born after Game of Thrones? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but like, that's something like the WWE stuff. Like, it's live, it's entertainment. Like, take it for what it is. You don't need to be all like, I hate when people get all high and snobby about it watching friends i don't actually think there's an apartment with a camera in it yeah. that just happens to be catching six friends with like witty dialogue everything you see is fake oh yeah including the nba go, well, do you cheer well yeah i cheer do you cry at movies that usually shuts them up that it's, depends. yeah that's fake well, you know? it's those so old people in titanic the water rushed right in when they were on the bed well and it's <laughs> it's all these shows with all these you know predetermined narratives whether it be movies or wrestling it's 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 the ability to make you think it's real is what makes it powerful. Like Game of Thrones, it's fantasy, but I was able to make it. Yeah, of course, there's dragons and like wrestling. I will like you. Good wrestlers will make you think it, this is actually happening, and they're in it. Well, it is actually happening, and they're doing these crazy things. But like you buy into it, they make you believe. 
Yeah, that's, it, that's what it is. It's, it's you know what it, it is what it is. You know going in exactly what it is. You don't cheer and boo because you think it's actually happening. Like it, it's just a performance. The same thing you would watch any other movie or concert or anything. I just watched the Andre the Giant documentary. I know I'm super late, but sure, it's predetermined. It is what it is. But what happened to the dude as a result of wrestling was very real. Mm-hmm. Just like the Jake the Snake one, they fuck their bodies yeah, up. It's a hard life. Oh, I remember that WrestleMania when when Hulk Hogan picked up Andre the Giant and slammed him. I was just like blown fucking away. Like Hulk Hogan was the man. I used to take Safeway bags, cut out the bottom. I know where this is going. Put him on like a tank top and then rip him off like Hulkamania would when he got into the ring. He like was twenty seven in the yeah. yeah. And the girls were was, just throwing I mean, their. I was he so did that like, on the way in this afternoon. Yeah. So many iconic moments. That's actually a good move. Did oh, you invent yeah. that? Yes. Good job. I want to be able to rip my shirt because I couldn't rip the one I was course, wearing. And I'm like, I bet you I can rip that bag if I wore it. Boy, oh boy. Mom, go to Safeways and get more groceries so I have more shirts. And then also Ultimate Warrior, I'd tie the things around my yeah. arm so tight so my vein would finally pop out of my arm and just oh, like, yeah. yeah, it was good. I, I was I was so into it. And I and I think I think I'm at a point now where I can let it back into my life a little bit. Well it's funny because like everyone my age everyone watched when they were a kid. So everyone does the same thing. They go, I remember these days, the Hulk Hogan. But now I don't think the current generation of kids are going to look back and say, I remember Roman Reigns and all these. Like, it's just, it's not the same. It's not. That's what old people have been saying about shit since day one. That's true. Well, I've got buddies with kids and their kids are now into wrestling. And now the dads are back into wrestling and they're going to WWE events when they come to Edmonton and stuff. It's funny how it's, it's a cycle. And it's unreal to be there. Like I'll say, like, I don't really watch on TV as much. I still know what's happening, but to be there is wild. UConn was explaining to me kind of how the WWE is exceptionally well run and they do a lot of data mining and they're very, very smart and they recognize what you just described. So there's a whole generation of people who are like, boy, oh boy, wasn't, uh, you know, demolition and axe and smash amazing when you were a kid and you had your little wrestling cards. What's that? Statistically speaking, now you have kids. So they've gone and gotten a lot of these WWE legends and they cleaned them up and they've made a whole bunch of cartoons about them. So that the parents can sit down with the kids and remember the wrestlers from the days of yore and then also watch uh, the new ones. But they do a lot of interesting stuff. Like if you look at it as a content machine, when they have like a show on the WWE Network about like wrestlers who are injured and then they're climbed back into the league. So you get hurt. You go on the show. They follow all your rehab on the show. By the time you come back into the league or into the ring or however it's described, you're like way more popular than when you got hurt. It's amazing what they've done with the network. Um, It's basically almost like HBO 24-7 with the NHL. Like they'll follow a guy, like you said, from the time they've gotten hurt. Real doctors, real rehab. Everything is real on these shows. Like they just, the the characters are put away, like the storylines are put away. And I find that way more fascinating because then by the time they do get back in the ring, you, it's real. Like, you know what they went through. Like, like a Finn Balor tore his labrum in his shoulder. They followed that from start to finish for six months. So by the time he came back, it was the same as if a hockey player came back. It was, it's amazing. You're like, I don't really like wrestling. Anyways, this rehab show I was watching the other day. This is all I've got in my life right now. (laughs) We got about six minutes to go. Wanye and Bikes got their wrestling in there. Is there is there anything else? I know we have the Nation Golf Tournament coming up. Now it's probably a good time to give that a plug. You got the info on that, Jay? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nation Golf Tournament is about to launch this week. Uh, proudly presented by our friends at Wilhawk Beef Jerky. So expect delicious beef jerky. I'm so excited. And Canadian Brew House. So expect a party pre-brunch 
uh, post-event party post-brunch, I guess, an evening brunch. Uh, and uh, they're going to be our pickup and drop-off point because we like to do things responsibly. So it's August 29th at Cougar Creek. Uh, we've been reaching out to our partners. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun shit. A um, lot of drink holes. Well, there'll be the, the, appropriate, the appropriate amount of drink, of holes, drink holes, but there'll be plenty lot. of opportunities to have fun. Uh, so we've got a lot of good prizing coming along. We're actually working on an amazing grand prize that once I confirm it, I'll tell you what it is. And it'll make you want to stack your team to try and win. But yeah, we're launching that up. Then that's in the support of the Jason Greger Foundation, which is Suits for Kids, essentially is, is the big thing that they focus on. So if you can't afford a suit for your grad uh, or dress, I believe he's, he's branched out to. Greger's got your back, literally. He's teamed up with a, a local company and... Uh, you apply to get a suit, and then you're looking fly like me. I just want to say that these things sell out every year quickly because it is a great time. Yeah. We have a great day at Cougar Creek. Everybody's in the mix. We have a banquet afterwards. Cantilli's going to do another show, I believe. Yeah. A little bit of stand-up. We've got prizes for everybody. We just have a great day planned for you. August 29th, it's a Thursday. So you come. You have a great time. You mail it in at work the next day. And you're fresh for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And you're almost guaranteed to see Gregor cry. He comes up, does his speech, thanks everyone, gets into why he's doing <laughs> this, and then he starts crying. He's gone two for two. I would almost put the odds at 100% that he's going to go three for three. So if you want to see him in his weakest moment, please come to the golf tournament. That's actually pretty enticing. Um, <laughs> last week with the draft coming up, we went around the table. I asked everyone to give us a prediction on one move that we thought the Oilers would do, and then they made no moves. I want to do that kind of like free agency style because when we do our next podcast, are we going to be doing it on Canada Day or are we going to be bumping it one more to do it on like oh, no. yeah, this, the Tuesday? I, Let's I, do it on the Tuesday so we can recap free agency. Right? I always throw a raging party on Canada Day. Everyone at this table is invited. Oh, so God. I will not be in any kind of shape to do any kind of broadcasting. I Just regarding that party, uh, there's talk. I don't know if it's going to happen. They're trying to get Hunter to come. Ooh. Uh -huh. Okay. We'll keep everyone posted. Okay, That'll well, spice up the Instagram game we're all playing, by the way, of interacting with Hunter. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've got um, ideas. Since our next one will be after July 1st, I kind of wanted to just go around the table and everyone give me one prediction on... A player you think the Oilers are going to sign on July 1? A trade you think the Oilers are going to make before July 1? Something or along that lines. We'll, we'll I'm going to go last because mine isn't one move. I, I was This morning I had some time to kill. Okay. So I, I put down a master plan that will not be executed. Well, no, no, because everyone's got to go do their thing. Okay. Start with you, Bag Milk. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get excited <laughs> about anything. Drink the Kool-Aid, man. I could see them chasing a guy like, like I would like them to chase a guy like maybe Matt Zuccarello on a short-term deal, but I don't think it's going to happen. Same with Wayne Simmons. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I'm like, I saw reports today that they're going to fucking, they're looking at Mike Smith as a possible tandem for Miko Koskinen. I'm going to just say Mike Smith because I'm upset <laughs> that we don't have cap space. Peter Chiarelli really upsets me. What does make me happy is he might be signing with the Vancouver Canucks in some kind of management role. That yeah. makes me happy. Um, yeah, they the Shirelli to Vancouver thing is absolutely hilarious. Um, the one move I'll predict, 
Um, the Zuccarello thing is interesting, but I, I think there's enough teams out there that really want help on the wings that are going to throw like six by six. Maybe Jonas Donskoy might make sense. As a lower-end cheapy guy, um, I, I think by this time next week, we're going to be talking about an Oilers goaltending tandem that includes Peter Mrazek. And what they'll do with Mrazek is I bet you they give him like a three-year term, which some other teams might not want to. And they'll try to get that AAV down to like two and a half and try to work something that way. But he was good for the Canes last year, and there was talk that the Oilers wanted his right to the draft. So Mrazek is my pick. Wanye, do you have the big name? Just name a player. That was glorious. <laughs> I like having your Ram check out. It's a real hockey oh, podcast. He's got the real takes. My master plan has a 100% chance of not happening. P.S. Just say your plan. No, no. Go for it. I don't care. No, no. Go ahead. I don't. Name a player. I honestly, at this stage. Who do you game, want gone or who do you want here? I want Lucic gone. I would like Lucic gone. I there don't think go. it's necessarily going to happen. Before we get to Jay's master plan, Ryan, do you have, is there a name out there? Like, I know you're not picking like the analytics or anything like that, but like, is there a name that you're looking at? That's like, hey, that guy looks sexy on an Oilers jersey. I would say Mrazek just for the fact that I don't think uh, we want Koskinen playing 70 games. You know, it'd be nice to have a guy that you could rely on that's, you know, somewhat reliable. So uh, hopefully. Here comes the Oilers. Yeah. If it's Koskinen playing more than like 55 games next year, he's either done this like remarkable transformation over the off season, or we're going to be looking at a really, really disappointing season. Okay, Jay. Everyone, I'm going to well, turn off everyone's mics and let you just yeah. run with this master plan. Well, it's not master. It, I'm saying it's a master plan because it involves a few moves. So I'm hoping... What I would like to see is Uncle Ken create some cap space by obviously trading Russell, which we it seems like is a reality, and then doing whatever it takes to trade Lucic or get Lucic off the books without anything coming back. With, which I know is going to... So once again, this is wishful thinking. You might have to retain a little bit of salary. Um, that opens salary. up a lot for us. So then I think we, have to, we should try to go after Burakoski. Okay, because there's this a situational thing there in in uh, in Capitals land where he is available. Um, <laughs> Connolly, if we're talking about him, sure him or Don Scor, I don't know. There's always the debate. There's a debate between Connolly and Chason. Are they the same guy? Are they not? I think Connolly is better than Chason. He is. Yes. So I would want Connolly here, and then that gives us budget to sign the guys that we want to keep. Uh, afford a goalie because we need a, a, a whatever who because I, I would assume Mike Smith is cheaper than Morazic. I don't know. Depends. Might he's be angrier like than seven hundred and fifty k less. Whatever, whatever he chooses, I'm with. But then it leaves budget to maybe sign a little bit of term. Like I know Zuccarello and I know Simmons are going to be looking for term. But if you can get one of those guys, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. I could see maybe Holland taking a swing on Gustav Nyquist as well. Oh yeah, a guy he has a pass with. But the, to do that, honestly though. You need to clear up money somewhere. Yeah. Like right now, when you look at it, the Oilers have about nine and a half in money in cap space to spend. Courtesy of our friends at Puckpedia. Courtesy of Hart at Puckpedia. I chatted with him today. He's fantastic. Um, So let's say it's two and a half million on a goaltender, right? So now you're down to seven. And you need, you probably want Kara back. Yeah. So what's he like, 900? Uh, Let's just call it an even mil. Okay. So now we're down to $6 million. Now I'm assuming that. Yarvi, you bank a million dollars on him either coming back or the asset you've traded him for, right? Yep. So let's just play it safe and say Puljujarvi's here too. Now you're already down to $5 million. Yeah. Who's going to be your third line center? You haven't even found a third line center yet. Well, that's the thing. That's why we have to get rid of, we have to at least get, well, Russell opens up $4 million. But then you got to replace Russell. 
Because then if do we or do we are we gonna move? Are we are we gonna leave a spot open for one of the young guys to move up? Like Caleb Jones say a million bucks just to keep the math easy. I'm bad at math, Tyler. Mm-hmm. That'll just, that'll save us three. Okay, but so then your right side on your defense is Larson, Caleb Jones or Ethan Bear and Matt Benning. Although Jones is a lefty, so it doesn't even really work. It would have to be Bear Bouchard. I'm still expecting Benning. that Benning for Connor Brown trade as well. Something like that. Okay. Also, my master plan: we have twenty million dollars to spend, so we can go and sign someone. We have got buffer, mm-hmm. All right? We got buffer, but I really think we should try and and, and take a, a run at uh, Burakovsky. Played with McDavid and Erie. Yeah, uh, has got upside, but has been in a you know it's it's a unique situation uh, in Washington, <laughs> right? Just because they yeah. have all that firepower, and he's been playing like third line, fourth yeah. line type stuff, but he's got a lot of upside. The salary cap's killing the league, guys. Killing it. <laughs> Here's the thing. No, I, might, I might stop watching hockey because of salary cap. The asterisks with Burakovsky, and this is a super nerdy thing of me to know, he made $3 million last year. Yeah. He's an RFA, yeah. so you have to qualify him, which means you oh, have to pay him like $3.2 million. I, mentally, I'm thinking four, four and a half. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a lot of coin to throw at Andre Burakovsky, but I do agree that there'd be some potential here. There's some upside, but like at least McDavid is there's like a McDavid connection, so McDavid yeah. obviously would sign off on this. So if he if he does and we sign Burakovsky, then we know it was the right move. Here's my thing. Greasy under the table deals. That's like you bring in Burakovsky and you go, "Listen, take a mil and a half and you're going to become the face of Rexall Pharmacy." And like slide him like three mil to be the face of Rexall Pharmacy. Um, we're quickly running out of time. Ryan Bikes at I am Bikes. I guarantee you, we only have like 13 listeners on this podcast. I guarantee you, everyone already follows Ryan. But thank you for coming in today and giving us a little bit of time. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. I wasn't uh, too astute on the uh, the draft stuff, but hopefully, I made up with the wrestling. No, talk, I was so. say, nor are we <laughs> the wrestling takes up this podcast a go. lot. I think sports. Juan um, J bagged milk again, guys. Great podcast as always, and thank you. For tuning in at home or wherever the hell you happen to be listening, episode 142, Nation Real Life. That's a wrap. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.